Welcome to His Stories with Bill, about how God takes us through His creative process. Hello, this is Bill Sirmaw sharing his stories of creativity today with Shannon. We'll be getting to know Shannon and her story about her friendship with Christ and how she communicates with Him and His creativity. Uh, welcome, Shannon. Hey, Bill. Thank you hey. for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Sure. Well, it's my honor to be able to do this with you uh, because I've gotten to know Shannon just a little bit uh, in the past. She has written a book. What's the title of your book again? Beyond Living Unshakable. Ah, that's right. Yes, I've read it and it's a great book, folks. You'll want to pick it up and look at it. But she asked me to do a little bit of editing. I have a college degree, but Believe it or not, in high school, I hated English. <laughs> I gave my teachers a terrible time. <laughs> but um, actually and truly, I do enjoy um, editing. That's kind of a fun thing for me to catch um, wrong grammar and stuff like that, which is what she was looking for. So it was a good combination. And she's asked several people to do that. So if you would like to edit her book, she's still looking for the imperfections. Uh, feel free to... We'll give out some information how to connect with her later in the podcast, and you can do that if you'd like to. So, Shannon, as you know, you've probably listened to um, his stories, maybe one or two podcasts. We start out with personal stories first. Um, what if we were to use the analogy of a book, for example, um, what would be the introduction to your book? What would be the introduction to my book? Yep. I feel, Bill, that it would probably be one of my very first memories, which was sort of an unfortunate memory, but it led me to really um, reaching out to Jesus. So mm -hmm. uh, I found out that at the age of five, mm -hmm. that my dad was not my real dad. That's how mm -hmm. a child would say it. Um, my, my father had actually passed away just shortly before my first birthday, mm -hmm. a few weeks actually. And at the age of five, when you discover this, it's kind mm -hmm. of like, what in the world, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. I thought that guy was my dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so the way it played out, I, I had an uncle who was just four years older than me. And he remembered mm -hmm. how the events played out because it was a traumatic um, passing of my dad, uh. my, my father. And so he's like, don't say anything to your mom. And I actually went straight to my mom after saying, <laughs> no, I won't. I won't say a thing. Tell me. And it's a five-year-old that doesn't know any different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so here I, I share with my mother, she's a ball of tears. My uh. newly discovered stepdad is like, look what you did, you know? Mm. And it was a very traumatic experience for me. And at that point in time is where I felt like this dark cloud kind of started to begin to hover over me. And I had so many questions and I started to feel like, well, if you speak, if you share, if you voice anything, you are going to make people sad or you're going to make people mad. And it was just one of those, yeah, one of those unfortunate events that took place as a child that jaded or kind of colored or had this dark cloud over my life. So at the age of seven, I'm, I'm having Unfortunately, as a seven-year-old, I would call it probably a depressive time in my life and season mm. in my life, even though I would have just said, I'm just sad and I don't know why kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And I was um, at my granny's house in southeastern Kentucky and I was just like, Jesus, I want you in my life. I had visited and frequented a 
little white church, a non-denominational church. My parents mm-hmm. weren't, you know, religious by any stretch of the term. We didn't mm. go to church faithfully. I didn't grow up in the church, but we mm. did go to this little white church, non-denominational church um, on holidays. And sometimes my mom would go through seasons where she would go a little bit more uh, mm. consistently. And so I, I had an idea of Jesus, but I didn't know that I had Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you weren't a friend with him yet. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so out of desperation and honestly sheer fear at the age of seven, I'm like, Jesus, will you please come into my life? I just remember being by my granny's bedside and mm. praying that prayer. Um, things alleviated for a little bit, but you know, when you're not a part of community and you're not a part of a home where that mm. relationship is being cultivated and a connection with him is being fostered, it's, difficult and it's a, yeah. it's a challenge. Yeah. So f- fast forward, um, I get through my teen years and I act like a teenager and I do teenager things. Mm. Right. And then around the age of 17, I was in a bad car accident and I sensed mm. that the Lord was, was pulling on my heart. And so what mm. did I do? I revisited that little white church again and the Lord just really grabbed a hold of me in a very mm. personal encounter. I'll say it that way. Wow. Um, I, I didn't know really what was going on or what to expect. But I did know mm-hmm. that as a senior in high school, when you've been living a certain way and now suddenly you're changing a 180 uh, mm-hmm. on the outside and people and your peers are kind of like, what is going on with you? And mm-hmm. as a teenager, a young mm-hmm. woman, it, that was kind of difficult. That was kind of challenging. So I, admittedly, I just ran there from- There probably the was like cultural differences and almost a sense of- sense of rejection possibly at that point too. huge yeah huge yeah. yes people who once accepted me were no longer now accepting yep. me and mm. that was very painful it was mm. so so painful because it's a huge reality check right right um so i i ran from the lord but we know he doesn't really let us run from him because when mm. we run from him there's a song lyric i believe that says we run to him that happened <laughs> over uh-huh. the course of several years. So I get married. I have a couple kids. I actually married my high school sweetheart. So thank you, Lord. And we're having some challenges in our marriage in my late 20s. And my mm. um, six-year-old, four-year-old, and my husband, we, we visit this little white church yet again. Mm. And my four-year-old daughter grabs my hand at the altar call. And we go up. And the Lord just grabs a hold of me. And that time, he grabbed a hold of me. And he hasn't let go since. And mm. that was in 2008. And yeah, so that's a little bit of how my story. So you had a few little witnesses with you this time too, which kind of makes a decision more impactful probably. Yes, definitely. I had my husband who was witnessing and I had our daughters who were witnessing this. And then Mm -hmm. at that point, because they were witnessing, I was like, oh, right, Lord, what do we do now? Like, Mm -hmm. where where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. And that's when I really began to learn to dig in in prayer. And I Mm -hmm. began to see that God shares his vision with us when we pray. And I began Mm -hmm. to understand the role of Holy Spirit in my life. And I did my first in-depth study on love. Love Mm -hmm. was the very first subject that I ever, ever studied and captured notes and thoughts on. Yeah. So that's where the story would begin. I, I think I kind of went a little bit further there, but yeah, that's fine. Um, so um, in that process, then uh, you were married, you had kids, life suddenly took a 180 degree turn uh, in spiritually speaking. And then where does um, all your creativity come from then? Um, and uh, like, for example, uh, Shannon does 
artwork and she also writes. So uh, what took place first and how did that happen exactly? Yeah, so I feel like I've always had the desire for writing and for art. Um, mm. I can remember being in elementary and I had wrote a book. I think it was third grade called Wilma Jean. I really enjoyed <laughs> and I still right? have that little book. I'm oh sorry. my goodness. You, is that right? Yes. Oh my <laughs> yes. goodness. Uh, yeah, I still wow. have it. And I also liked art. So there was one evening at home. Um, this was probably third grade. My my brother, he was drawing a picture. And then my youngest brother, he had on like Mickey Mouse pajamas. And I was just looking at the Mickey Mouse pajamas and I was drawing it. And then I would do caricatures. And so mm. I had the, both of these seeds planted within me. Um, mm -hmm. And then in high school, my freshman year, I went into arts. And that's where I really, I love to be in art class. I mm. loved the teacher there. Mr. Maliki is his name. And he just saw something in me that others either didn't see or they didn't know how to cultivate what they did see, hmm. right? So uh, when you do those activities then, like art and uh, so forth, um, how did you feel? You said you felt really good about that. Why do you think at that point in time in your Christian experience, you, you were feeling so good in the art class? I just sensed this energy. I sensed mm. that there was this energy and I would come out of that space just um, mm. more buoyant and just feeling more alive. And mm. I don't know, I mean, yes, I was a Christian, but I don't know at the time that I would have said it's because I was in the presence of God or because no. Holy Spirit and I were connecting. I don't think I right. could have pinpointed it as such at that time, which I know now, mm. <laughs> definitely now. Yeah, it was him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Then as you went through high school then did you go into any writing classes or did that come in later I did not um I, in high school I didn't take writing classes mm -hmm. but post high school I did take a couple college courses and okay. I enjoyed like exposition and persuasion and just uh, learning how to write in a way that you sh share your argument or your thoughts and then you have to expand on that and right. consider what other people are thinking or what how they may react and I really enjoyed really enjoyed that class ah. um, it just helped me to bring my thoughts into a more cohesive pattern once the Lord started to take me down this this writing path uh -huh. um, in well you probably didn't know it was affecting your right brain at that time and it, and you're sounding like you're very very right brain for sure. And that's how the Lord works is however we have our gift. Like in my case, I'm also, I'm actually both. I'm a little bit logical left brain, but a lot right brain too. And that's typically how he speaks to me too, is through art, through verses I've memorized, that kind of thing, or songs in particular, they'll yeah. come to mind or spirit as I'm doing my art, etc. So I can totally get that for sure. So after you went through those classes, etc., when was the process or how did the process flow out uh, in terms of the book? What, what prompted you, I guess, to do something like that? So with my latest book, it was mm -hmm. completely different than my first book. My okay. first book was self-published in 2017. Mm, what and was that then? About it was called Rise Up Devotions, and mm -hmm. it was essentially two years worth of devotionals that I had shared on a blog that I began in 2014. Okay. So 2014, I began a blog, and over the course of two years, I had posted my thoughts and different mm -hmm. devotional content, and the Holy Spirit placed it on my heart capture these 
get them in a book, and then you can leave these to Sky and Kendra. Should anything ever happen to you, you give them mm -hmm. something that's mm -hmm. spiritual yet tangible. And right. so when I, I did that, and then he took it a step further, and he said, now let's share this with other women, other women who believe that they don't have enough time or they're um, too busy or mm -hmm. they're maxed out or don't know where to start. Just show them that you can start with just a little bit every day, and I will multiply it, and you will get to know me better in that process. So that's what the first book looked like. Mm -hmm. There were a few devotionals published in there. I published a couple of devotions on the YouVersion Bible app as well, which was Holy Spirit led also. Mm -hmm. And then with Beyond, Living Unshakable, mm -hmm. I was actually uh, on a prayer walk at work and he no kept, way, really? Yeah, he was huh. speaking to, over my wow. lunch hour. He was huh. speaking to me just this this just phrase. And so I kind of dug into it. I captured a few different things and I kind of put it on the shelf for a couple of days. And then I go to this leadership conference and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm making pictures <laughs> of, of the different things. And I'm like, You're okay. right. Brain's yep. kicking in. <laughs> yep. I'm making pictures of what I sense he's saying to me. And this is a funny and true story. So there are essentially seven components to beyond. And mm. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, if, if the seven components were three dimensional, and this is coming from me working in the engineering industry, somewhat, okay. I, I design um, implants for knee, okay. knees. That's okay. what I do day to day. Ah, That's my day job. And cool. so my mind went to that modeling place. Mm -hmm. And if you pulled this out, would this be the reflection and radiating the face of Jesus? And so it was like this seven. And then I look up the number for Jesus. And what is it? It's eight, eight, eight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's mm. just crazy. So then I go to lunch <laughs> and get some Chinese, open up the fortune cookie and it says, fall down seven, get up eight. <laughs> right after I'm looking at these seven components. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not yeah. for or against fortune cookies and fortune telling, but I do right. know when Holy Spirit is confirming a thing and he was yes. confirming a thing right. right there in that moment. It was absolutely right. And so I kind of shelved that again <laughs> for a little mm -hmm. while. And then the Lord wanted to kind of flesh it out a bit more uh, through bringing it together in a way with scripture and sharing it with women here in my community. Mm. And then we'll fast forward a little bit. I, I had that as the sole publication, which is basically a workbook that has calendars and questions and promptings that folks can work through. Mm -hmm. But in 2020, last year, when everything happened mm -hmm. with COVID, um, the Lord was like, now is the time to make this a book, Shannon. And I was like, hmm. okay, we're going to. It's kind of a weird this. time to be doing something like this, Lord. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But he was in it, you know, just mm -hmm. like he confirmed through this fortune sure. cookie after I sat there doodling. Um, he was in it and he gave me the strategy for how to execute it and, and how to execute it quickly and mm -hmm. efficiently in a way that people could get their hands on it sooner rather than later. Hmm. So um, let me ask you then a more deeper question and more personal question. And that is, how do you feel when you're doing right brain things like when you're writing and when you're doing your art and so forth? What kind of and the Holy Spirit is there with you while you're doing it? What kind of feelings emote from that experience for you? I feel energized, like right mm. now in this conversation, mm. I feel energized, I feel alive, I feel vibrant, I know mm. God is here, and it's an act of worship in many ways, you know, worship mm. isn't just singing on Sunday mornings, yep. it's, 
he is very much so revealed to me worship is the way we live and the way we interact with one another and the mm-hmm. way we engage in creative activities mm-hmm. uh, just i feel alive <laughs> mm-hmm. yes in fact um, like i told you the lord brings verses to mind and i do art and songs and so forth and while we're just now talking he in your presence is fullness of joy so yes. it's like joy bubbles up when when we do these things doesn't it yes amen <laughs> yeah so in uh, now that you've gotten uh one book under your belt and then you're ready to write your second book um and you've got what sounds like maybe the beginning of a, a new book at when you were doodling at the conference and so forth what happened then after that did you um start thinking through the introduction of this new book and that made chapters for you then and then you just sort of filled that out or yeah essentially I made an outline with the seven components that he had given me and Mm -hmm. then two of those components had sub components so I ended up with 12 different chapters Mm. and the way I captured them he had given me scripture and he had given me ideas on on what that needed to look like and I essentially just sat down and I started recording audio because Uh that's where I was at the time. And he said, record it and then we'll transcribe it. I'm like, okay, I like that idea (laughs) because I mean, I do like to dig deep and I like to Mm -hmm. do the studying part and Mm -hmm. capturing, but to sit down and to type it all out. I kind of not so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, all right, that's okay. We'll just record what you're speaking and then Mm. we'll transcribe it. And then we'll go through that and we'll work with that. So that's exactly what I did. I I recorded, I had 12 different recordings, which I actually shared on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And so people had access to the content as Mm -hmm. soon as it was generated, they didn't Mm -hmm. have to wait until the book came out. Um, And then I sat down and I transcribed each of those audio files and, Mm. you know, it's not perfect transcription when you do something like that. It's like our conversation now. It's exactly uh, very imperfect, (laughs) but that's okay. That's what God likes. likes imperfect people to do his perfect will. So, yes. Um, Then um, after you got those all transcribed, then you ended up with this 12 chapter thing. Um, uh, I know from my experience, you invited me to come in. Were there other people like that, that you kind of invited in to help you then with the editing and, and figuring it out and so forth or. Yeah. So I invited you and I want to say maybe seven or eight others. That's definitely one thing that I learned with the rise up um, Mm. devotion book was it's good to have a beta group and you let them read it and let them share with you their experience, what they might like to see questions or so on and so forth, because some people, okay. Most people are probably a lot more detail oriented than I am. You know, Mm -hmm. I just want to get it out of me. (laughs) I just want (laughs) to, I want it to come to fruition fast and then refine it and pretty it up um, Mm -hmm. to the point where it's, it's excellent. So yes, I I had you Mm -hmm. and I had, I think, like I said, seven or eight other folks who Mm -hmm. who did the same and they, they read it and then they provided their feedback. Yeah. So that's why the recording and so forth and then transcribing later really worked for you personally. This has been His Stories with Bill. 